Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, October 26, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning our gaze to the weather, Riverside is in for a pleasant autumn day with a high of 73 degrees and a low of 61.6. Stay tuned as we dive into some significant news. We'll be unpacking how rising U.S. Treasury yields are putting pressure on global stocks and impacting markets worldwide. We then venture down to Florida, where homeowners are grappling with skyrocketing insurance rates amidst fraud and natural disasters. They're in dire need of stricter regulations and solutions. Crossing the pond to the UK, where the Prime Minister has made headlines with his creation of an AI safety institute. Even more, a global summit has been announced to address risks and regulation associated with artificial intelligence. Finally, we turn the gears of our coverage to the automotive industry, where a tentative labor deal has been reached between Ford and UAW to end an ongoing strike, potentially setting the stage for model agreements in other sectors. Stay right here with Alex's news for these stories and more. Our lead story today takes us to financial markets where something rather alarming is taking place. U.S. Treasury yields are on the brink of 5%, and this is sending tremors in stock markets worldwide. To give us more insight on this, our expert news reporter Ethan joins us. Ethan, what's causing these rising yields? Grace, it's a combination of factors. We've seen a resurgence in U.S. home sales paired with weak demand in a recent auction of five-year notes. These two factors have resulted in the spike in Treasury yields, which are now impacting equity markets. The current 10-year Treasury yield sits at 4.989%, alarmingly close to the highest level we've seen since 2007. The Associated Press reports that this is greatly affecting the housing market. Ethan, can you elaborate on that? Absolutely, Grace. The increase in yields has caused mortgage rates to climb to their highest levels since 2000. This has made it more expensive for people to borrow money to buy homes, putting a damper on housing demand. And of course, this is shaking up the stock market significantly, correct? Indeed, Grace. The rippling effect on the stock market has been quite severe. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq Composite, for instance, have both taken hits, with big tech stocks suffering the most. Asian shares are in similar condition, with prominent declines in Tokyo's Nikkei 225, Seoul's Kospi, Sydney's S&P, ASX 200, and Taiwan's TIEX among others. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has also fallen, while bond yields edge closer to the 5% mark after a dip to 4.82%. It's not just stocks and housing affected by this. The Associated Press has reported that U.S. oil prices have suffered due to uncertainty about supplies from major oil-producing countries. Can you shed more light on this, Ethan? This spike in yields is effectively a double-edged sword, Grace. On the one hand, the U.S. dollar has strengthened against the Japanese yen, likely because of expectations that Japan's central bank will not alter interest rates. But on the flip side, concerns about disruptions in oil supplies, especially from Iran, have created negative ripples in the oil market, causing U.S. oil prices to dip. Ethan, what could be the possible wider implications of this situation? The consequences could be pretty wide-ranging, Grace. For starters, higher yields could impact consumer spending, corporate investments, and the overall economic growth rate. It could also mean higher borrowing costs for governments, corporations, and households alike. Now, The severity of the potential impact will largely depend on how prolonged and intense this yield increase becomes.
Thank you, Ethan, for such a comprehensive breakdown. My pleasure, Grace. We will keep you updated on this, viewers, as the situation unfolds. Up next in our bulletin. Now on to our next story, we tackle an issue with significant implications for many Florida homeowners. Chloe, our insurance specialist, is here to provide some insight on the escalating home insurance rates in the Sunshine State. So, Chloe, what's the current situation in Florida? Unfortunately, it's quite a crisis, Grace. Home insurance premiums are skyrocketing, and this is due to a variety of factors. The My Safe Florida Home Program, which helps fund home upgrades to better withstand extreme weather, is showing effects. Homes that have been upgraded have seen their insurance costs drop by around 25%. The problem? There's just not enough funding and tons of applications causing a backlog. Understandably, everyone wants to feel secure in their homes. Could you comment on the role that fraudulent lawsuits are playing in this crisis? Absolutely, Grace. Alongside weather-related issues, fraudulent lawsuits are another significant drain on insurance company coffers. The Miami Herald reports that a small group of contractors and lawyers have been exploiting legal loopholes to lodge inflated claims following disasters. These lawsuits have forced insurance companies to pay out billions, leading to a hike in premiums. That's quite alarming. Could we then expect potential stricter regulations in response to this exploitation? That's what lawmakers are calling for, stricter laws and penalties to combat this issue. Their hope is that by addressing this, they can help contain the rise in Florida's home insurance rates. How about the issue of natural disasters? How are these affecting rates? Florida's geographical location and climate expose it to frequent and intense hurricanes. Rising sea levels and climate change have also increased the risk of flooding. Both phenomena lead to higher claim payouts which then drive up insurance premiums. So, natural disasters and legal issues are critical here. However, I hear there's another aspect, rising building costs. Could you talk about that? Indeed, Grace. Construction materials and labor costs have seen a surge too, resulting in higher replacement costs for homes. Together with the necessity of more resilient structures to withstand hurricanes, these increased costs inevitably creep into home insurance policies. This crisis must be causing some demographic shifts. Are we seeing any significant migration to other parts of the country or insurance companies leaving the state? Our sources confirm that, Grace, the Pensacola News Journal reports that over 275,000 people left Florida in 2022 citing high insurance premiums. Progressive, AAA, and even Farmers Insurance have issued non-renewal notices or left the state altogether. Is anything being done to mitigate the insurance crisis? There are multiple proposals on the table. Some advocate for investing in Citizens Property Insurance Corp., which is the state's insurer of last resort, hoping that it could offer more affordable coverage. Others suggest subsidizing the market with taxpayer money. Critics argue that these are temporary fixes and more comprehensive reforms are necessary. Is there any consensus on what these comprehensive reforms should look like? The Florida legislature seems to be taking steps toward that, Grace. They're convening a special session to discuss potential solutions. This could include clearing the backlog of grant applications for the My Safe Florida Home Program and finding ways to lower insurance costs. Florida's chief financial officer, Jimmy Patronis, has also shown support for annual funding for the program. It sounds like a multifaceted issue that's obviously impacting a lot of Floridians. We'll have to monitor how things develop. Thank you for sharing your insights, Chloe. My pleasure, Grace.
Turning now to our next story, the United Kingdom is launching its very first artificial intelligence, or AI, safety institute. This newsworthy move was announced in anticipation of an impending global summit in Bletchley Park, where leaders in AI, politics, and relevant experts will assemble to talk about the unchartered advances of AI and to provide some facts to inform the discourse. The UK government recently unveiled an enlightening report on Frontier AI. Here to unpack this development with us is Ethan, our AI correspondent. Ethan, can you take us through the basic thrust of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's announcement? Absolutely, Grace. Prime Minister Sunak's announcement outlined the UK's strategy in taking a leading role in promoting the safe development and application of AI. The newly proposed institute is designed to scrutinize new forms of AI, understanding their capabilities and identifying potential risks, such as misinformation, bias, and more extreme hazards, all of which are growing concerns as AI becomes more pervasive in our daily lives. So, what are some of the key points the Institute will focus on, and why do these points matter? One of the main areas the Institute will delve into is the potential loss of human control over AI. This can range from AI systems that develop unintended behaviors due to programming flaws or cases where AI is deliberately used for malicious purposes, such as cyber attacks. There's also concern around job disruption, as businesses are increasingly turning to AI, which could potentially displace human workers. The impact of AI on the job market has indeed been a hot topic. Now, Sunak also touched on the need to regulate AI. Can you elaborate on that? He did, Grace. Regulation is crucial because, as beneficial as AI can be, it's not without its risks. For instance, there's the potential for the misuse of AI. This includes creating bioweapons or enabling hyper-targeted disinformation campaigns. To mitigate these risks and leverage the benefits, we need robust regulatory frameworks. Sunak pledged a hefty investment of £100 million to spur the use of AI in vital areas such as healthcare, particularly in creating revolutionary treatments for diseases including cancer and dementia. The summit guest list looks quite impressive, doesn't it? Who should we be looking out for? Indeed, the guest list is star-studded. Notably, US Vice President Kamala Harris and Google DeepMind CEO Demis Hassabis will be there. Invitations have also been extended to China and the European Commission. This global gathering underlines the fact that AI isn't a localized issue, its implications are global, and hence the need for international collaboration. It's certainly a global undertaking, and one that will be interesting to follow. Definitely, Grace. I'll be keeping a close eye on how these discussions at Bletchley Park develop, and how the AI Safety Institute takes shape in the coming months. Thank you for that comprehensive overview, Ethan. As always, we appreciate your insights. Sources Reuters, Sky News, The Guardian. For this final segment, we turn to an update on the ongoing labor disputes between major automobile manufacturers and the United Auto Workers Union, a highly significant issue with both national economic impacts and personal consequences for tens of thousands of employees. Joining us now is our expert reporter, Chloe, who's been following the story closely. So, Chloe, could you introduce us to the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. In a rather significant development, Ford Motor Company and the United Auto Workers, or the UAW, have reached a tentative agreement that aims to end the strike that's been going on since September. The deal includes wage increases and a clause about striking over future plant closures. Importantly, this could serve as a model for negotiations with other major manufacturers such as General Motors and Stellantis. Quite a step forward. 
Could you dive a bit deeper into the key elements of the steel? Of course. First, we need to understand the scale here. We are talking about over 45,000 workers receiving quite a boost in their wages. As part of the 4.5-year contract, they're initially set to enjoy a raise of 11% on average, eventually ramping up to a 25% increase by the end of the contract. Even better news for the lowest-paid temporary workers, who are expected to experience increases of more than 150% over the duration of the contract. That certainly sounds like a significant increase. Are there any other important aspects of the agreement? The UAW has also been granted the right to strike over any potential future plant closures. It's crucial because it gives the union more power in their negotiations. The idea here is to protect jobs and potentially prevent future closures. This sounds great, but what are the possible implications if the deal falls through? Well, the deal first needs to be approved by the UAW's leadership before it can be implemented. If ratified, the contract terms would be made standard for bargaining at other automakers, impacting over 45,000 union members. But if it fails, we're likely back to the drawing board as these strikes have already resulted in significant economic losses, estimated at $9.3 billion, according to the Anderson Economic Group. $9.3 billion, staggering. How has the management of Ford responded to this deal? Jim Farley, Ford's CEO and president, has expressed satisfaction with the agreement, believing it to address the bulk of the union's demands while simultaneously meeting company goals. So there seems to be positivity from this side of the table. So, with some context laid out, could you provide some final thoughts? With the significant economic losses, the interruption in vehicle production, and the impact on workers on strike, there's quite the incentive to reach the resolution. It's a delicate balance, however, as the result must benefit both the workers who are advocating for better pay and job security and the company that's considering its own financial situation. We can only wait and hope. Indeed, Chloe. A resolution would be a boon to all parties involved. We sincerely appreciate your analysis on this issue, helping us understand the intricacies of this ongoing labor strike. Thanks for that detailed report, Chloe. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.